With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, Dolphins fans, haters, and everyone in between to your favorite show discussing the greatest franchise in sports, the Miami Dolphins. This is the Fins Pod. My name is Moose, your host, and today we're going to look back at what was a tough weekend in Dolphins Nation. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, not only from the team itself, but all around the league. Unfortunately, that does mean that we're not talking playoffs, not this season. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. We'll talk about that, take a quick look back, but focus more on the future. And as always, we'll take a quick look at the latest stories published over at finspod.com. Let's dive in. Hi, question for Chris. Um, How confident are you that Tua is your long-term franchise quarterback, and can you rule out taking a quarterback in the first round this year? Uh, Tua, very happy with. He's our starting quarterback. Uh, he did a nice job this year coming in uh, as a rookie with no offseason and, and the challenges of, of dealing with all that. And um, very happy with him and uh, looking forward to watching him progress here over the next with an offseason here and going into next year. And, you know, for us, uh, not really talking about draft strategy, anything right now. The season just ended and uh, we're, we're just going through our process like we do all the time. And, uh, and we'll deal with that here in the future. So the Dolphins finished the 2020 season going 10-6, and much better than almost anyone had anticipated. But unfortunately, the way it ended has left many with burning questions going forward. Why? Why did the Dolphins' defense come out so flat in a game that mattered so much? How much of the offense's struggles, not only in Buffalo, but throughout the season, are on Tua Tungavailoa? And how much is on the personnel around him? Maybe some coaching <laughs> decisions around him. Um, and overall, do we deem this season a success or does the ending make it a failure? Did the goalposts move throughout the season where now we can look at it and say that the season was a failure? And look, I know no one wants to spend too much time on it, so we'll quickly touch base on the game this past weekend before we sort of take a macroscopic look of what's going on in the future and what the Dolphins were able to do in the 2020 season. First off, I'd like to start off by saying I was wrong. Oh, so wrong. (laughs) I thought the Dolphins would come out with fire and be able to control the Bills, who are playing their best football right now. I figured the resting of certain key starters for Buffalo would make an impact and and help the Dolphins come away with a much-needed victory in order to secure a spot in the playoffs, and oh, it made no difference whatsoever. 
having Fitzmagic or not, it's not about that. The Dolphins were just outclassed on that particular Sunday. The Bills secured the second seed in the AFC with a 56-26 win. The most points a team has scored on a Brian Flores-led defense since week one of last season when we got spanked by the Ravens. They put up 59 points. Um, so Miami's defense clearly just did not come to play, even more so than the offense, which struggled all season long. So it wasn't surprising to see the offense kind of come out a little bit less than you would want to see, but figuring that you know if the game stays close, they can sort of figure things out. But it was the defense which just came out and allowed the Bills to do whatever they wanted. Josh Allen, in only his three quarters of play, or two and a half quarters of play, went 18 for 25, 224 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. So at least the turnover streak that you know we've had all season long got extended into next season. So silver lining there. Stephon Diggs was unguardable, and he's playing some high-level football right now. Watching him was impressive, just the way he was moving on the field, the way he found you know, the, the holes in the defense, knew where to sit, knew how to move, um, you know, when the zones were switching up, how, how to sort of attack those zones. He was, he was a monster out on the field. Um, and look, the Bills came out ready to go all around, and the Dolphins just seemed lost. Uh, this wasn't just the defense that we hadn't seen all season. I, I don't know what happened, but offensively, Miami was meh. Like it, they weren't that impressive. Tua struggled, um, but early in the game, you know, there were issues with play calling as well as drops. So even though Tua was struggling throughout the game, it wasn't like it was all on him. He wasn't the reason the offense wasn't moving. Wide receivers were dropping passes. There were procedural penalties early in the game that just were unnecessary and killed drives. Um, and, and overall, it just felt like the play calling was really hindersome and didn't let Tua open things up until it was too late. Um, and, you know, when we did see them move the ball with some tempo and, and throw a lot more to start the, you know, the second half, they moved the ball right down the field. They looked much better as an offense, but that wasn't there, you know, before when the game was still close. Um, and not to mention, did I say drops? Oh, so many drops. 13 total passes dropped. Who knows how that changes the complexion of the game? Obviously, I don't think... The Dolphins would have won. The, the difference that Sunday was just too much. Um, but definitely some drives that that stalled and gave the Bills some momentum wouldn't have stalled if receivers were able to hang on to the football. Tua threw more times than he has all season long. He threw for 35 for 58, so that's over a 60% completion percentage, um, for 361 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. So Really kind of an interesting game, stat line that we haven't seen all season from Tua. A lot of attempts, a lot of yards, and a lot of turnovers. So as painful as it was, and it was painful, in the long run, I'm going to be optimistic, this was needed. This game, the struggle, the adversity, this going into a rival stadium when you need it the most with a young, young team, playing a team that's further along in their development, that is ahead of you in the division and in the playoff race and losing this big with a rookie quarterback, it's only going to help them grow and specifically help Tua grow. If he came out and balled and won the game, I would be far more surprised than what ended up happening where he struggled. He is a rookie. He, he didn't have an offseason. He didn't have his full arsenal of weapons around him. And it, again, it was his first big, big game. He was playing against a team that has been there before and, and Miami just hasn't. So, one thing that was made clear, especially in the last few weeks, Tua needs help, and and we're gonna get into that into the in the off season, and and specifically, you know, in the next few episodes as we start gearing up, looking at the draft and what Miami can do in terms of adding that support for Tua Tagovailoa. You know, in terms of this past season, you know, Miami was not helped in Week 17 by any other team. 
The Ravens topped the Bengals, the Steelers blew a late chance to win against Cleveland, and the Colts managed to handle the Jaguars, which isn't that hard as they do have the first overall pick. So with all that going against them, Miami finishes the season at the eighth seed, you know, outside looking in with a 10-6 and record, which it's the first time that happened, you know, since 2015 that a double-digit team, you know, a double-digit win team will miss out on the playoffs. So, hey, it is unfortunate that the AFC came to play this year, um, especially in a year where Miami making the playoffs would be a boon to their overall experience for their young team, and it really would have helped even more. Um, but again, Miami has been ahead of schedule, and so missing out the playoffs this year rather than next year or seasons down the line isn't as big of a deal. So although, yes, it would have been invaluable um, for the young team, they're, they're clearly not ready. And the way they played in Buffalo, uh, they made that made that was abundantly clear. Um, they just need more depth, and if they're going to enter the postseason, they have to enter it with more depth and higher-level talent. Um, so looking forward... The Dolphins are in the top 10 of teams with cap space. So the Dolphins do have money to work with again this offseason. So expect another, you know, offseason of strategically adding young and undervalued pieces on the roster. So similar to last year with the additions of Emmanuel Ogba, Kamu Grugier-Hale, Clayton Fedulum, and Eric Flowers. These are pieces who weren't really lauded or, or people didn't really scream that, oh my God, the Dolphins have really changed the complexion of their team. And they didn't break the bank either. But guess what? These are all players who contributed a lot to the Dolphins season. So the Dolphins should be looking, Chris Greer should be looking at the weaknesses of the roster and trying to bolster them with some cheap but good, valuable um, additions. Um, and again, the, the league year begins in March, so that scouting is already beginning and that process um, is happening as we speak. The team also has a few clear spots which just need valuable depth. So specifically, the Dolphins need to add a wide receiver, they need to add running back and potentially a tight end on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know if Durham Smythe is really it. Mike Kosicki is clearly number one, your number one tight end option. But, you know, having Adam Shaheen style tight end a little bit better, someone who can actually uh, be a threat in both the run and pass game will open things up for Gesicki and really just help the Dolphins offense overall. Defensively, Miami may look to upgrade the nickel corner position. Sorry, Nick Needham, you know, as, as great of a story as he is. Far too many times do we see him as sort of that piece on the secondary who gets burned. Um, and the linebacking core, that we, we need some more depth there. You know, obviously seeing Munson playing and, and you know, after the loss of a Landon Roberts wasn't good. And even a Landon Roberts himself, although he had some good moments, he's not a starting linebacker. The Patriots let him walk for a reason, and, and it's not like the Pats have great linebackers. So um, he, he kind of signed with Miami because he was a good fit in the defense, and he had comfortability with Brian Flores. So upgrading the linebacking core to sort of help with Jerome Baker, um, that's huge. So not only do the Dolphins have the money, as we just spoke about, they have the draft capital again this year. Thanks to the dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans, the Dolphins will be selecting third overall, so best-case scenario, frankly, uh, in the upcoming NFL draft, and that is huge. Miami will also be selecting 18th. That's their own pick. It's the last pick of non-playoff teams. Um, that used to be 20th, um, and then after that, playoff teams would be um, sort of broken up by where they fall in the in the playoff order. But um, because of the addition of the the seventh team, now there's two more 
spot. So Miami's pick gets pushed a little bit um, because, again, picking at 19 is Washington, um, who, who finished, I believe, six, seven and nine. So um, there is a difference there. And Miami did get a, a little bit of a bump with the addition of that playoff team. And look, don't worry. I'm not only a diehard Dolphins fan, but I love me some draft talk. I was I was working on draft websites and and writing draft articles well before I started the Fins pod. Um, me and my friends here. So it's definitely something that we're going to try to get to you both on the website with articles um, and player breakdowns, um, but also just, you know, we'll be talking about it week in, week out as the draft approaches, strategy, what the Dolphins should do, you know, what other teams may be looking to do and how that impacts the Dolphins. So stay with us and, you know, we'll help heal your bleeding aqua and orange heart. Um, So be sure to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to. Um, And the YouTube channel is also going to be doing some stuff. So you know, go subscribe there if you aren't already. Um, we'll be releasing some really good highlight videos, sort of wrapping up the season, hopefully for you guys to enjoy. Um, and we'll also be dropping smaller episodes on the YouTube channel, um, position review episodes starting next week. Um, and also we're going to be jumping into some draft preview episodes, including some mock drafts, player breakdowns, and potential trade scenarios. Um, so let us know what it is that you want to hear on the show and, and what it is that you want to see. Um, please let us know. Dan Graziano, what does have some people whispering around the just the, the sort of the fan universe about whether or not the Dolphins should consider taking a quarterback because they have the third pick overall. What are you hearing from Miami? Yeah, I, I think the Miami Dolphins believed that the Tua Tonga Vailoa would always need time to develop. And I think, you know, you look at he came in to the offseason coming off an injury. It was an offseason where they couldn't really gather for OTAs, mini camps, even training camp in any traditional sense so I, I I would be very surprised based on everything I've heard from the Miami Dolphins this year if they were thinking about replacing Tua Tagovailoa after nine starts uh, obviously it's a situation where he's always going to get compared to the other guys he's drafted with Justin Herbert has this great year uh, and so people are going to look and say well why couldn't Tua be that maybe he's not the right guy but I, I think that Miami Dolphins believe Tua is, is a guy that can be their franchise quarterback, will be their franchise quarterback, needs time to get there, and they're going to be willing to give him that time. I think it's a lot more likely they use that high pick on, say, a number one receiver for Tua than on finding his potential replacement this early in that process. Okay, that sounds about right. Let me bring Mel in here because, you know, Mel, you do the evaluation, and the evaluation doesn't end when the player is drafted. So now that we're one year into his career, what is your evaluation? Gritty, I had said when he was drafted, I think his body needed to heal. Remember, he had two major injuries, that hip, to throw the football. When you don't have the howitzer, you need everything working, legs, hips, rotation, everything. I don't see that. And I think you knew he had the ability to make every throw at Alabama. He needed, I think, a year to figure it out just medically and get his body back to where it needs to be. He played. He won games. I think the arm strength will show next year when he is now more time removed from that significant hip injury, Greeny. Uh, so I'm in agreement with Dan. I think that third pick, you go Devontae Smith. They need a playmaking receiver, big-time receiver. He was that type of player at Alabama with Tua. You remember going early in his career against Georgia. So I think a Devontae Smith, they can need a running back, obviously help in different pieces at various positions. But they have the draft choices to surround Tua, improve this football team, move forward with Tua, get the receiver, and I think next year and the year after, you will see a different Tua than we saw this season coming off so quickly, less than a year removed from the injury when he took the field for Miami this year. Thank you guys so much for listening. That's going to do it for us here. It was one hell of a season. And despite what everyone thought, where the Finns came from just a season ago, 
they exceeded all expectations. As a Dolphins fan, you have to know that. You have to be happy that your team's ahead of schedule, that they're building something sustainable, something that we can be proud of year in and year out, something that we haven't been able to be proud of for the past few decades. And yes, Tua Tungavailoa will be at the helm, and that is truly a wonderful thing. And I think if any of you are on the fence there, you'll come to realize that it is a great move. And the fact that Miami found him and got him um, will only help the franchise because that's the type of quarterback you need when you have a well-built team, um, someone who's not going to make mistakes, someone who can you know elevate the talent around him. And I think for years from now, when we look back at his rookie season, I think we'll be able to say it was it was a rounding success, especially with the level of talent that he had to deal with, assuming we're able to surround him with much, much better talent going forward. But hey, we have a long, long offseason to talk all about it. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the Fins Pod. And as always, I really hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to subscribe to the show wherever it is that you listen, just to never miss a chance to chat about your favorite team, the Miami Dolphins. And listen, even though I said the offseason's approached, we're still going to be pumping stuff out here at the Fins Pod. So if you, you, you need your fix, the Dolphin stuff, don't worry. Stick with us, and we'll be sure to, to itch that for you. The show will be available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio and YouTube. Continue the conversation with us on Twitter and Instagram at FinsPod. And check out the site for news and content, FinsPod.com. I hope you have an amazing day. And until next time, stay safe. Love y'all.